course, this is our Lord's Supper night, the uh, fifth Sunday of the month. We do it quarterly uh, in that way. And uh, tonight, I just thought I, I would kind of reverse things a little bit and, and preach about it. Uh, once or twice a year, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, just, uh, some of it will be some things that you've heard before, because we've always, if we're growing church, we're going to have new people. And, uh, and one of the most confusing things in the church today, you know, baptism is a very confusing thing to a lot of people. Uh, but the Lord's Supper is a very confusing thing to a lot of people. A lot of people uh, that, that, and it's not just in the, the Catholic church, so to speak, but a lot of people uh, are confused about this thing of the Lord's Supper. What is it, what is it really? And what does it really mean? And, and um and so what I try to do is try to go through this and just break it down a little bit for you. Uh, you most of you, I'm not sure how many of you even have you heard the term transubstantiation. Never mind. I can't even say it right now. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, the fact is, is that just a you know, point blank statement, and I think I'll show it to you through Scripture. Uh, when, when we take of the Lord's Supper, uh, no matter what you've heard or saw or taught, it's very clear through the Word of God that it does not become physically the body and blood of Christ. Uh, and, you know, some believe that it does and that you must partake of it in order that you can even have a hope of eternal life. You've got to eat of that body and, and drink of that blood in order to partake uh, of or have per eternal life. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. If you go to verse 22, Mark chapter 14, verse 22, Mark chapter 14, verse 22, if you're there, yes, okay, how many of you there? Say amen. Okay. Mark chapter 14, verse 22 says, And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. And if you, if you stop right there, it really sounds like that Jesus has just called somehow miraculously for this to become his body and his blood, there's just one problem. At this point, he hasn't shed or died or broke it, been broken. None of that's taken place at this point. But if you can continue to read, he said, Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And that's where we first begin to see what Jesus is really talking about. We'll have a word of prayer and we'll start. Father, I pray you bless tonight. Lord, it has been a, uh, quite a journey. Father, as you took me through a, a time uh, about 10 months ago that you spoke to my heart that we would have 200 this year. And Lord, uh, from that time, it's, it was uh, quite a journey as, I, as honestly... Uh, right or wrong, I, I'm not sure, but I kept it to myself and, and just began to pray about it. And then, Father, as you began to 
opened my heart toward a, a date and began to ask others to pray. And Lord, so many have been so diligent to say I'm in and to continue to pray about this day. And Lord, now it has been here. We've, we've enjoyed it. We've, we've been there for this morning and, and continue it here tonight. But Father, we can't do anything but just glorify your name. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you said and you honor your word that you said that you would get, you would bring the increase. So, Father, I pray right now that you'd bless as we look into the Word of God about something that's very, very important. You commanded us to remember, to remember how you shed your blood for us, how your body was broken and beaten. And, oh, God, help us to understand and see the reality, the truth. Lord, please bless now. We yield ourselves to Thee. In Jesus' name, amen. I see again, it says, Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more the fruit of the vine. And that's, that's you know, I love the Word of God, and I love the fact that, that every word is important, and the way God writes things is so very important. And, and I always have to interject this because it seems like it's becoming more and more prevalent uh, I just heard just a couple of days ago on our on our local Christian radio station uh, that you know I try to listen to and listen to you know try to find some good sermons now and then and and uh, you know people preaching or you know or maybe listening to the political you know the news the lawyers and different ones that are on there uh, but but if, but what they were promoting and advertising was this uh, this new. Uh, Bible that's out, this easy-to-read Bible, and he said, this, this will read and make you feel like you're reading a really good novel. And I thought, I don't want to be reading a really good novel. I want to be reading the Word of God. And i got to believe it's the Word of God when I read it. And if you change it so that it reads like somebody's novel, then how is it different from anything else out there? But they don't understand that the very words and the structure and what God says is so important. And, and, and it, what he says here, it, if they left this verse out, like many of the Bibles do, this would be a struggle for us because you come up to this point and it seems like God is, is transforming this bread and, 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 uh, and, and juice into his body and blood. But this verse is very important. Verily, I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine. You see, Jesus knew very well what he was drinking. He was drinking of the fruit of the vine. I'm not going to go into it right now, but we had one family that came and visited us, and they told me they probably wouldn't be back because they just, it's very important to them that we use that we use wine in the Lord's Supper, not grape juice. And I thought, uh, no, I won't say what I thought, but to you. <laughs> and he says, the truth is, I'm not going to drink any more of it until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. That's just a, you know, a whole other point, but you know, the, the, that, that juice is going to be in the kingdom of God. That's a pretty neat thing to think about. It's going to be there, but... 
God also did not want us to misunderstand. He said, He does not want us to misunderstand what this Lord's Supper is all about. And so Jesus clarifies his illustration. Verily I say unto you, I'll drink no more of the fruit of the vine. He did not say, I'll drink no more of my blood until I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He said, I'll drink no more of the fruit of the vine. Luke chapter 22. If you want to go to Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 19 and 20. And these are very familiar verses, but we're just going to kind of look at what they actually say and, and kind of go through this a little bit. And Luke chapter 22, verse 19 and 20. He said, He took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, that little phrase right there, that's very important. This do in remembrance of me. It, 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 look, if, I, if it's actually him, I'm not doing it to remember him. It's him. But I'm doing this to remember him. Likewise, also the cup after the supper, saying the cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you. So, number one, you know, the clarification here is that you need to, to, to do this. This whole thing is do it in remembrance of Christ. He did not say do it because it is me, but in remembrance of me. The, the flesh of bull and, bulls and goats was not the eternal sacrifice, but a picture of Christ to come. And Christ, not only, we don't not only have a, they not only had a picture of Christ to come, but we have a picture of Christ to remember where we've come from. What we do now is a picture of the sacrifice of Christ made for us as his body uh, was broken, his blood was shed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you want to turn with me there, I'm going to uh, <clears throat> fairly quickly because we, this is going to be very short because we are going to have the Lord's Supper at the end. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23. Uh, well, I, I won't read them all, but, but it says this, For I have received of the Lord that which I also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, listen to this, took bread. Took bread. Not, not partook of his body. And, and watch this. Jesus partook of it with them. Now, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. So he says again, this is bread, and you're doing this in remembrance of me. Now, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is New Testament in my blood, this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, for as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And now, probably a year and a half ago or something, I, I, I mentioned this, but this is so important. This word show, uh, shoe, the way it, it's written here, show, uh, shoe, the, the Lord's death till he come. That word, when you define it, means to tell or explain. In reality, it's an illustration that explains. And so when he says here that for as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you do shoe the Lord's death till he come. What it's saying is you do illustrate, you do create a picture of what I'm trying to make you remember. I'm trying to show you a picture. So another clarification is for as often as you eat this bread, not my body, and drink this cup, cup of the fruit of the vine, not his blood, and so every word and everything that he says is so important. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, here he says it's a picture. You're doing it in remembrance. But he said because it represents me, when you do it unworthily, you are not respecting. You're doing it unworthily to me. 
It's not because it becomes him. It says because it represents him. Uh, this, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm a little bit, I started speaking tongues tonight. But um, you know what? I'm human being. I get tired every once in a while, amen, and the brain's a little tired. I, uh, uh, but anyway, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, drink this cup. Now, notice further clarification he says this, he says, let, every, let a man examine himself, and so, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now, when God tells us to examine ourselves, and this is another key point here, and, and I mention this often when we have the Lord's Supper, but to examine is to, to test, to prove, to scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. And that's why I try to, to emphasize that I believe that when God's saying to examine ourselves, he's saying to us one more time, look deeply inside of yourself. Do you really believe? Are you truly saved? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior and him alone to take you to heaven? He's saying, because if you take of the Lord's Supper and you, you take this picture and it's not what you've really believed, that's unworthily. You have no right to be doing this unless it's real in your heart. It's like getting baptized. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I, I got baptized, but, but all, I, all I did was get wet because I had no conception of salvation. And baptism is a picture of of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which I supposedly had believed in, but I had never believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'd never trusted in Christ. I was somebody that just got baptized because it was a way to become a church member. Now, it says discerning, this word discerning, uh, it means it, re it retains the same general importance. So God says, is your salvation general, uh, genuine? He says, are you discerning? Are you, are you uh, looking at this salvation and understanding that this, this body and, uh, I mean, this bread and this, this juice, that even though it does not become the body and blood of Christ, it has the same general importance for what it represents. Do we understand the real meaning and the purpose of the Lord's Supper? For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if, It says, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. For, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the, with the world. Now, and again, I, I'm really uh, foggy tonight, but, but three ways, and I'm going to try to get this across, and, and it's the most important thing, three ways to examine ourselves before we take the Lord's Supper from from the text that we've sort of compared and done a, a, a poor job tonight, but, but the, from these texts and real simple words that are used in the text, number one, to discern known sin in our lives. For if we live with unconfessed sin, then we are not remembering the cross and the price that was paid for our sin. So I think the first thing that, that Christ wants to do is, is he wants us to look at ourselves and say, is there known sin in our lives? 
That means that, and again, I don't mean that you, you, I think any of us and all of us, we ought to take a moment and say, okay, Lord, reveal to me anything that, that I may have done even today. Please show me anything I may have done today. I think God's more talking about here things that you wouldn't really have to say that. It's things that you know are sin, but you've been trying to block out. And we, it, it, you, I know you're probably thinking, Brother Hooker, you talk a lot about sin. I believe it's the cancer that's destroying our Christianity. It, it's, we, we just let too much of it stay inside of us. It's got to be cut out. It's got to be taken out, and it, it lingers way too long. I, I've said often, I believe unconse- unconfessed sin is the great sin among Christians. Now, do we in fact partake in sin? Knowingly. And again, going back to this morning, I'm not going to show the video again, but as you looked at that video, my daughter, she's not feeling well at all, and I sat and talked to her for a moment, but she said, she said, Dad, I just broke in tears this morning as I watched that little video. I said, you know, you know it's, it's amazing what Christ did for us. She said, you know, it's amazing the love of God and what Christ did, but she says it's also the amazing the depravity of man that he would do it to his fellow man. But do we really search our hearts for sin? So we need to check our own lives for sin in our lives. Number two, we need to examine whether our salvation is true or not. And that's what I've already said. We really need to look at ourselves. And I, and I will say this again. The devil will use sin in your life to cause you to doubt your salvation. But I want you to understand the fact that you have sin in your life does not mean that you're not saved. Everybody in this room that's saved still has sin that, that still they're battling with. Doesn't mean you're not saved, but that's what the devil will use. He will, he will do everything he can to get you to succumb to sin, and then uh, and, and he will portray it as though it's not sin or though it's not wrong or it won't hurt you. And the moment you commit it, then he starts smacking you in the face, telling you how rotten and dirty you are, and you, no way you could really be saved if you would do that. But you have to examine whether you really, truly are saved. And that means, can you go back to a place and a time where you knew that you were on your way to hell? Again, it's one of the reasons I I emphasize sin in the church. Because we can't get saved until we know we need a Savior. And you can't get, you don't know you need a Savior unless you have, you understand that you are a sinner. But if you have that time and place, you examine that, and, you, and that comes up that you say, no, I know I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm confessing whatever sin that God has brought to my mind, then number three, then God wants us to discern the reason and purpose for the Lord's Supper for the Christian. He wants us to take time here in just a moment to pray and say, Lord, reveal to me. Show me. Show me any sin in my life. Father, here's the one prayer that you would answer and hear. If I'm a lost man, 
Am I saved? Now, you, sh- you should know that if you're saved. You should already have assurance of that. But, but if that always rises back up in you, you need to get that settled. But once we have those two things settled in our heart, then we have to say, okay, why are we even doing this? Why are we going through this procedure? Is this just some formality that we do every three months? No, it's, it's not. It's something we ought to remember really every day. But being human and get, being busy and getting caught up in life, the Lord Jesus knew that we would get away and we'd forget. So he said, you know what I need you to do? I need you periodically just to shut everything down and intentionally remember. You know, in, a, in just, uh, was it two months, we'll have Christmas. And that's a day that, uh, you know, that Christians, anyway, should remember the birth of Christ. But I've been, been saying for years and years, we shouldn't remember him more on that day. We just shouldn't remember him less any other day. I mean, every day. His birth and his death, those are two mighty important things. And we ought to remember those. And one of the ways we remember those things is, is by telling others about him and by being in his word and, and, and cause it. Well, we need to remember this and we should. And, 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 you know, if we were all just wonderful, wonderful Christians, we would most every day remember, but there'd still be some we wouldn't. But we all get caught up in the business of life, and every once in a while we just have to shut it down and say, let's remember. Let's remember. Remember that this is not the body of Christ in here. Remember that this is not the blood of Christ. But it represents those things, and it couldn't represent them when Jesus was breaking the bread and giving because his body had not been broken and his blood had not been shed. But he was saying it's about to happen. So oft as you do it in the future, remember me. And if it becomes him, I don't have to remember him because it is him. And if that was true, then we just open one of these lids and start worshiping it. But that's not the truth. Well, what I'm going to do is, uh, and this is kind of unorthodox, but I'm going to ask the men and come ahead. And Thank you, man. Well, Hopper, would you pray for the bread? Father, thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for the, uh, our church. Lord, I'm so thankful that you love the church and gave yourself for it. Father, I uh, thank you for this time of remembering, as the pastor just said. I pray, Father, that we would be a people that would daily remember what you did for us on the cross of Calvary. Lord, in uh, having your body beaten and your blood shed. I pray that you would bless this bread, Lord, 
for what it represents in Jesus' name. Let's read it now. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. 